This is Four People with Bishop Rob Wright. Welcome to Four People with Bishop Rob Wright. I'm your host, Melissa Rao, and this podcast is a conversation inspired by Bishop Wright's Four Faith weekly devotion sent out every Friday. You can find a link to this week's Four Faith and a link to subscribe to Four Faith in the episode's description. It's good to see you, Bishop. Good to see you, Melissa. Um, you you have a devotion this week, and you called it "I Lay Before You," and you're yeah. quoting Howard Thurman from his prayers for today. Yeah. And Bishop, when I read it, I really thought, "Oh my like, gosh, I think he's praying for self awareness and reconciliation in ways that I never could imagine doing." And I'm wondering what your motivation for choosing this passage today. Well. Um, well, first of all, it's a great question. Um, first of all, for people who don't know, Howard Thurman is probably one of America's uh, least resourced um, a mystics. He's an, a, he's an American mystic who, who was uh, born in the American South, up out of the soil of Florida, um, who started an interracial uh, multi-ethnic congregation in the 40s, a man way ahead of his time, an academic par excellence. He was the guy Dr. King wanted to be. Uh, Dr. King carried his books around. Uh, Thurman, Thurman, uh, if you don't know him, you ought to get to know him. Uh, He's an extraordinary thinker uh, as it regards um, God and the universe and our interdependence as a human family. uh, I, I can't say enough good things about him. I've, I've recently, I mean, one of the great things about great scholars and great thinkers and, and, and great men and women of, of, of spiritual depth is, is that they're the gift that keeps on giving. And so while I've known Thurman for decades now, you know, you, you find him again and again and again at intersections. And so I, I thought I would share uh, this bit with you. Mm. And so the prayer itself. Yeah is exceptionally mature. Yes. <laughs> I, I, like I, I was reading it and I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't know that I ever would have thought to, to ask God for, for that. But of course, right. Of course, of course, of course. And so when I read it, I really thought the word forgiveness came up. And yet that is the first part of the prayer. The first part of the prayer is giving me kind of like, God, give me eyes to see me. And for all of the crap that I've done in the world, right? Yeah. And so I'm wondering how how that's hitting you. Yeah, I mean, you said it in a word. I mean, there's an incredible amount of maturity that's available to us if we would only ask for it, right? If we would only, as I like to say, put your big girl or your big boy pants on and and walk toward who you are, not in the spirit of condemnation, but in the, in the spirit of, uh, asking God to help you see yourself as God sees you, which is with all blemishes and all blessings and all failures and all wonderfulness. Um, and and it's amazing that Thurman, you know, he realizes his limits in, abil- in his ability to be able to see himself as he is. And he asks for divine guidance, wisdom, intervention, and being able to see himself. And And I think that this is on the way to real reconciliation with other people, right? I think that uh, if you want to uh, keep, other people at a, at a certain amount of distance, if you want to maintain superiority and separateness, well, then don't accurately 
uh, take your own measure, right? You know, default to putting yourself above other people, and then you'll keep the divisions going. But if you go down deep in in who you are, um, in a real mature sense, right? So I'm neither saint or nor hopeless sinner. I'm actually both. And and when we can get there together, now we have material, building material for real relationship. Uh, when I don't do that, uh, I don't have all the tools necessary to do good building of community. And so Thurman, uh, he, he, his, his, um, Thurman's beauty for me is um, there's no bottom to his well when it comes to God. He just keeps wanting to go deeper and deeper and deeper. And if you've ever heard him speak, and you can, if you Google him and listen to his videos, he has the most wondrous cadence. I mean, the way he speaks, this is true also for Fred Craddock, a great teacher of preachers. Uh, they have this cadence that they're not in a hurry. They want to stay almost savoring the word so as to unlock a window in us so we can sort of go there. Um and, and it's a funny thing about how they do time. I mean, you know, some people are, are slow talkers and, you know, you fall, drop right off asleep, right? But so it's not, <laughs> it's not that. He has this wonderful cadence and he, and he invites you into yourself. And I think he does that because he's confident that if he can invite you down uh, inwardly, then, then inwardly you'll find the divine, right? He's so sure that God is in us that he doesn't mind inviting us deeper. In fact, let me just say one last thing about that. You know, some people, uh, you know, say, well, you know, they talk about navel gazing and, you know, going inward as, and then they sort of finger wag at that. I, I think we ought to go inward. I just think that the problem is we haven't gone inward enough. I think when we go inward to a certain shallow depth, yeah, all we find is ourselves. Yeah. And, you know, our, our silliness, right, and our our superiority complexes, and our need to be separate, and our our harboring smallness. But when you go deep, I mean, when you go deep into the swimming pool, if you go, you know, continental shelf deep, <laughs> you know, you find God because we are in fact made in God's image. You know, uh, I'm listening to you speak, and this this was a hard one for me because there there are things when i go deep inside there are things that i just don't know that i want to see yeah <laughs> especially when it comes to relationships with other people yeah yeah and the only the problematic thing for me and it's not because i disagree with you bishop i agree with everything you say and yet <laughs> yeah there's this there's this thing in me where sometimes sometimes reconciliation isn't yet possible for me because instead of, you know, forgiveness is a thing, yet sometimes I keep people at bay sure. out of protection for myself. Sure. sure. And sure. so I don't know how to reconcile that, how to protect oneself and the ones you love versus bridging the gap between the people who you may have harmed and they harmed you. Isn't it, isn't it interesting isn't it interesting that you said you spoke for so many people when you said exactly what you just said, you know, right? Because they, therein lies the tension. They say, ah, oh, there's the rub, right? So what is reconciliation? Reconciliation is three moods, right? It's, it's to be reconciled to God, to be reconciled to oneself, and to be reconciled to, to neighbor, right? And so what we find 
uh, as we go along and we take uh, Thurman and others uh, on their invitation to go deeply is, is that we spend less energy needing to defend ourselves. And there is where the maturity happens. I mean, you know, I mean, again, here we are uh, again on Calvary's Mount, right? Here we are looking at Lord of Lord, King of Kings, Jesus Christ, uh, choosing not to defend himself, choosing not to summon an angel of arm, uh, an army, uh, an army of angels to protect him. Right. Choosing. Right. So he's, he's in, in, you know, so the most cynical of us might say, yeah, and look what happened to him. Right. But then, <laughs> that doesn't that doesn't um, that doesn't negate the point. Negate the point is, is that how much energy are you devoting to self-defense right now? And and, it, it, you know, one is that sustainable and, and one, uh, you know, to what degree is that starting to frustrate grace? And growth. Right. So at, at some point, you know, I mean, I, I heard a, a bishop of the church now resigned, uh, Jeff Lee from Chicago, say, and I wish this was a video. We could we could do this, said that, you know, if you look at Jesus Christ nailed to the cross, right, his journey and our journey is this this one of opening arms until they're fully stretched out. Right. Until I am not afraid when Jesus says greater is the one who's in me than the one who's in the world. He's basically saying. You know, yeah, you can pierce the flesh, but, you know, we win. Love wins, right? So, yeah, I think you got to confront that in yourself. I mean, I, I think that one of the things I am learning, I haven't mastered anything, I promise. Uh, but one of the things I am learning is, is that when I have, through journey with God and through journey with others and myself, gotten to the place where I need to spend less time on defense and armor, I'm more authentically myself, and, I, and, and when we do that, when we do that, we bear witness to a genuineness and a security that the world can't give. You know, you meet a lot of people, they're just, they're, all they're doing is project, uh, they're protecting, and I would say projecting, their fragility. That's right. And fragility is really terrible material to build relationship with. <laughs> I mean, I mean, think about it from a construction standpoint. If it keeps, <laughs> if it keeps breaking, it's not worth a damn, is it? <laughs> I yeah. mean, yeah, yeah, you go ahead and live in a house built with popsicle sticks. Go ahead That's and try right. that one. Yeah. That's right. And we do the equivalent. And so here's this invitation from Thurman to go deeper and to lay before. I mean, even the words he uses, I lay before you, right? Myself, oh God. I lay before you myself. My God. I mean, you could, you could, you know, and then you think about how many times through the course of a day, a month, a year, do you not lay yourself even before your own self? Friends, we'll be back after a short break. Thank you for listening to Four People. To first time listeners, we encourage you to subscribe. For all updates, you can follow Bishop Wright on Instagram and Facebook at Bishop Rob Wright. And now back to four people. Welcome back to four people. So Bishop, I'm wondering uh, with how familiar you are with Howard Thurman, why did you choose this prayer? Yeah, well, because I, I think that, as I've, as I've alluded to already, I think that prayers like this are the building blocks for maturity. I mean, we, we're all upset about the division, the political division, the civil division, you know, division in every quarter. 
Um, and then so it's easy to assume that all we need to do is elect this leader or that leader, this political policy or strategy, and then lo and behold, add water, and then we're a beautiful democracy. That's simply not true. It hadn't worked. It won't work. What, what, what builds democracy, what, what builds beloved community is, is that when individuals do their work, when individuals, you know, in, interrogate and investigate their own stuff and decide to, as St. Paul said, grow up, right? <laughs> and so what's interesting in uh, Thurman's prayer is, is he's asking God to help him see any disaffection in him, right? And so I love that because what he's affirming is, is a, a, a quote that I love from Dr. King, which is that everything that is not love is being overthrown actively by love. Right. So to participate in God's grand plan, you got to be a big boy and a big girl enough to acknowledge whatever is disaffection in you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So Juneteenth happens to be this week. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I, I'm also very mindful of the fact that Black Lives Matter, that movement is just an extension of a movement that's happened that started I mean, so, so, so long ago. Yeah. Yeah. We still have so far to go. Yeah. And I, I, the word reconciliation is still bubbling up to me. And I'm wondering if you can share a little bit of what you think reconciliation is more fully and what it might not be. Oh, dear God. I'm so, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, well, first of all, as it regards Juneteenth, what we know is, is that Juneteenth is just that date that we celebrate when, you know, word of emancipation, the Emancipation Proclamation finally got to Texas. Right. And that was that was the last finally, finally got to Texas. Yeah. Uh, and and um, and 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 um, and so it's about emancipation in many ways. Thurman's prayer is about emancipation. It's about emancipation from shallow ego. Uh, it's about emancipation from uh, selfishness and, 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 and obsessed with self and being other centered. So, I mean, there's an emancipation wherever the spirit is. There's also liberty, the Bible says. And so it's always, always, always about emancipation. We were made to be free because we are made in God's image. And so we're not made to be chained or bound uh, uh, emotionally, psychologically or physically. Right. And so what we know is, is that to chain and to steal labor and to steal humanity from anybody is an affront to God. Right. And so what we what we are trying to do is be mature, uh, which is really hard. We're trying to acknowledge the fact that we live in a great country. And at the same time, we've missed the mark from time to time. And it's it, it's mind boggling to me that that this is still so difficult. Uh, it's because I think we are committed to binary thinking. We're committed to thinking that if America is a great, then she's been perfect. That's not true. What makes us great is that we've amended our founding documents any number of times. We've seen the error of our ways. We've seen where we've strayed from not only the best spirit of our founding documents, but also the God we say we want to honor and lift up that's rep represented in those documents. So for me, patriotism uh, actually means that we can interrogate as mature people how we've missed the mark. You know, we're talking about race now uh, because race has been on the on the docket since 1619 in this country. Uh, but I'm waiting for us to finally get to the outrage about the way we've treat, treated women and that we excluded them from both property and voice in politics and even the vote up until the 1920s, right? So 
So we've missed the mark again and again. And at the same time, uh, we have exerted greatness in lots of ways. So, you know, I guess what I, what I want to say is, is that, um, you know, Thurman's prayer, as far as I'm concerned, resonates with this kind of conversation. There's a straight line from, from, uh, from Thurman's conversation about laying himself bare before God and asking God to purge him of all disaffection and the conversation about race in America. Uh, because what we're talking about is, is that we're talking about the barriers to reconciliation, right? Because what keeps us, frankly speaking, I mean, maybe too frankly speaking, from about race in the public square is because there's a shadow. And the shadow is, on behalf of so, one part of the population, is, is that if I acknowledge the full measure, right, of the depravity of slavery, then who am I, Right? Who am I? And so people don't want to square up to that, right? They feel that they will be damned to their worst day, worst decision, uh, or worst deed, rather than realizing that this is a process on the way to being the very country that we say we want. And so it is, it is true in marriage, it is true in relationships, and it is true nationally. One of the healthiest examples we have in this regard is the truth and reconciliation commu- uh, 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 conversation that was, uh, that was held in South Africa uh, as they were making their way from, from apartheid into something more democratic, into something more free, into something more mutual. Uh, now, it's not per- a perfect world, but the fact that Desmond Tutu, our Anglican brother and bishop and good Christian man, said, ha, with others, what we need to do is create a non-punitive space where you get to tell it all, black and white. You get to tell it all. You get to cough it up. You get to vomit it all up because he was sure that they would be that much more healthy if they did. Now, they've got lots of problems, and every nation state's got lots of problems. Come on. But I would say and argue that they are healthier in this regard than America is because we still refuse to even talk about what we've done to each other. I mean, forget black and forget black and white for 2 seconds. Right? What we've done to Japanese Americans in internment, what we've done to native people. I mean, I would say to listeners, have you ever been to a reservation? You know, I grew up in public housing in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Let me tell you something. What I saw on reservations, you know, public housing in America is a step up from what I see on reservations. So so I I think we'll never be whole, W-H-O-L-E. And we'll never attain the greatness we aspire to until we find a way to talk about this as mature people. Mm-hmm. And I think Thurman helps us. I agree. I think telling the truth is one of the first steps before, you know, to repairing the breach, right? And becoming beloved community. So we have to tell the truth for sure. Well, Bishop, as always, I'm grateful for you and your truth telling. <laughs> and listeners, I'm grateful for you for listening to Four People. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Bishop Rob Wright. Please subscribe, leave a review. And we look forward to being back with you next week.